Welcome to Tapping Into Spirit, where we discuss and explore issues related to spirituality in a manner that questions everything. We start from a premise that everything comes from somewhere and work to understand the unexplainable. We always endeavor to have a great time discussing a serious topic with the hopes of offering inspiring thoughts and ideas that allow for growth, evolution, and transformation. We always begin by inviting Spirit to join us in this conversation and guide our words and intentions so that we express things in a manner that is true and inspirational. And we are always thankful and extremely grateful for the opportunity to serve. I'm your co-host, Dr. Anthony Smith. And as always, I am joined by my co-hosts, Zawadi Powell and Glenda Jones. Hey, ladies, how you doing this evening? Greetings. Peace. So how you been doing lately? Great. Doing well. Doing can't, well? Can't believe it's already February. The year went so fast. The longest month is over. That was a long month. January, January drug by for me here. It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I'm glad to be in February. It was. It was a lot of tragedy, a lot of um, difficult things happening in the world, and we we're now in the month of love. The as, month of love. <laughs> as they talk about February, you know, this made up holiday, but yeah, I won't get into that. Some people like to celebrate Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has its historical. Uh, Difficulties, you have to but chop off your ear. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, I'm not going into that. You don't want to hear Saint Valentine. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. You yeah. Want to? Well, no, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Yeah, but they mm-hmm. can Google it. Yeah. <laughs> it is a month of love, though. Mm-hmm. For me, because important people were born the month of February. Yes, yeah, so and it's Black History Month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's whole other love, love-filled yeah. events. Yeah. Well, Hallmark mm-hmm. and the jewelry stores love the month of February yes, so, right. in chocolate places and flower places mm-hmm. so it's a great month I like getting chocolate and flowers mm. <laughs> yeah I do too I, yeah. I, I would want to get them in other months instead of just February so, that, so it would be okay to get them in February if if that's the only time you get them, mm-hmm. you would want to get them like for just for no reason. Oh, yeah. right. that would be nice to get mm-hmm. them just for no reason. Yeah, these set aside days. That's what I always think about. Why not all the time? Right. If you're going to do it at all. But this is where we are. Um, so when we think of we, we had a previous podcast where we talked about love in a broader sense and we got feedback people wanted to go deeper into relational love and uh, love in terms of romantic relationship and even learn love in terms of familial relationships that we might have Um, so I think that's a great topic for us to explore and dive deeper into you know what is love and how does it manifest and apply in our lives uh, you know, I always think of when I think about the concept of love, 
you know, the Lauryn Hill, um, <laughs> the Lauryn Hill uh, album where the kid goes, love. And he's like, you about to give a dissertation on this thing right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? I, I love that. It. Yeah. That was the joy. Yeah, that album was hot. Yeah, and he had the kids talking about love and what it meant. And Lauren was talking about love in a lot of her songs, you know. She yeah. was really pouring out and and expressing just the the, the passion. Even in Zion, right? Mm-hmm. The love oh. of carrying her child and that, my my was my my oldest son was in the womb at that time and yeah. that was one of the songs that we we rocked continuously. Yeah. Um, and thinking, the sweetest thing you ever know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. that was, and then the other one with D'Angelo. Nothing even matters. Right. Yeah. At yeah. All. Yeah. I love that feeling when I get that feeling. Like nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still stuck. I'm thinking about D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> that was yes, D'Angelo. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, he was. Yeah. That's when I think the love is like really spiritually centered when you sort of get that swept away feeling when it's like you just can't even um, start to logically process the emotions that you're feeling and you're kind of like in spirit with that person. And um, it, it's like something new has been born. Like you're in a, a space that you have not, that you were, you were sort of blasted out of your reality into this really special space, really precious space with another person. And then ultimately something usually interrupts it, <laughs> which is so interesting to me. It's, it's like, you know, it, it's like that. It, it, it's a rare it's a rare occurrence um i think in life when you experience that that element of love because i think there are many different elements and i i just always wonder like why does something always interrupt it you know and i remember reading um i think it was a a taoist text where they said that there was the love that was like the ocean and then the love that was like the lake and that each of them was an equally valuable experience, but they had different elements to them and different nature of the experience. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that love that is deep like the ocean that sort of sweeps you away and is, you know, never ending and just seems to engulf your life. Um, it doesn't always last. It's not like something you can necessarily cultivate and, um, you know, live, live, live with. But the the love that's like the lake sometimes may not be as deep and as, you know, um, mind blowing, (laughs) but you can sort of build your house next to it and you can fish in there, you you know. And so I I think about that sometimes when I when I ponder that question of like, wow, you know, those moments when I felt that sort of, you know, overwhelming element of love. um, How come that can't just how come you can't just stay intoxicated like that? You know, throughout the rest of your life. Mm. And I wonder, is that love? That's yeah. a thought for me. Is it, is it infatuation? Is it... Um, a word I used to use is the new. Like someone who is new in your life. And you get those... Um, the butterflies and this, this level of excitement to see them. And... You're just getting to know each other. So conversations can be really long and intense. And it's it's just so deep early on. 
And then when the new wear is off, is what I would say. (laughs) Then that's when, for me, I determine whether or not there is some ability to have something sustainable. Mm -hmm. Because I know Mm -hmm. that the new isn't going to last forever. Is that is that what you were you referring to that or were you referring to something different? I think that is one one thing that happens um, sometimes is the new. I think that's definitely a thing. Um, I have had though that a type of spiritual meshing with people where it doesn't go away, and we can stay associated for many many years and the element of love that we have for each other is still very um, overwhelming. <laughs> but it's not, it's, it, it's not something that can be in, integrated into life, you know? It's, it's like really strange. So sometimes I think there are certain connections in life that maybe transcend this lifetime or maybe... Um, have a different purpose besides, you know, because I think that we often think that love is sort of a catalyst for marriage, you know, like that's how we're taught about it in this society. Like, okay, you're supposed to feel this love and then you're supposed to get married and then you're supposed to have kids and, you know, that's what love is for. But sometimes I think that there's like a a more mysterious, a, a, a depth of love that serves a different purpose and the connection with that that element of love may may make you grow or make you, you know, maybe um, elevate you to another level, you know, spiritually or mentally, or um, maybe some people you're just supposed to clash with them, you know, and then, (laughs) and then, you know, maybe even have, you know, difficulty and then come out of it with a new understanding of things. and I, I, I think that maybe we don't have a context for that in this society. I think we um, look at this, this notion that we're bombarded with, right? Mm-hmm. From, from birth, you see these cartoons for, for kids. What do you see? The princess. And she's got to go and get her prince. And he's going to rescue her. And she's going to have her nice gown on. And they're going to get married and live what? Happily ever after. Right. Like, that's fantasy. And when our kids, when as kids or our kids are inundated with that, and that's what's playing in our brains over and over. So many different versions of the same old story. Um, and it trans, you know, it, it transcends. It begins. You have your, your young adult. Um, once you move out of cartoons, the young adult shows that are on. Uh, you're that so raving and things like that. There's still the kids are in school and there's the crush and there's this and uh, this person looks a certain way and they're going to come and sweep me off my feet and it's going to be a great relationship. And then we have our, uh, our our romantic comedy, our movies that we watch, the Sleepless in Seattle's and the um, uh, what are all these? You're dating these, yourself. These kind of movies. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just thinking of right. those those type of movies, the, the bottle, or, or you know, these romantic movies where you just 
oh, we're just going to fall in love and it's just going to be wonderful for the rest of our lives. And people watch these movies and they get these feelings of this is what I want. Mm -hmm. And it's not really practical, I don't think, um, in a lot of situations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just kind of observing people and, and doing what I do, watching people live the real life of, you know, life is life comes at you. And what are you going to do in those moments where it's not all nice and shiny? How does, how does, huh? That's it. Life's a bitch. Indeed. (laughs) And really, you know, what does partnership mean? You know, because of course there are those who, you know, do um, meet up with their partner, you know, a life partner, a husband, a wife, you know, a lover who stays forever, you know, just um, this, a long-term um scenario and i think that oftentimes uh what's presented in public matches what <laughs> we see in the sitcoms and in the movies but then when you go into people's relationships in reality you know like it, on the inside of it then you find that it's really not you know it's 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 very much like a, a family connection it's it's a up and down and around and around and um and and you know, at the heart of it, a, a certain agreement that may mm-hmm. not necessarily match what everyone thinks it's supposed to be either. Right. And so right. it, it's it's just very interesting to me, the facades that we, even when we find partnership, the facades that we're made to put on for, for the, the public and for everyone in order to, you know, continue to to be respected as as a couple. Or, or, or that we choose to put on. Because mm-hmm. when we know better, we can do better. And when we truly understand ourselves, we can choose to not abide by these things that we've been taught since childhood. Mm-hmm. Right. But and it may not be popular to go against the grain on that, but mm-hmm. it is better in terms of building the relationship and maintaining that sense of spirit, which should be infused in a relationship anyway, to make sure that it's going to be. Uh, a lasting relationship, however you you choose to look at that. Mm-hmm. When you say sense of spirit in a relationship, what is that? Mm-hmm. So, for me, I have to go back even before I get to that. Love, I think, is first and foremost about loving yourself. Yeah. And so, being in a true space of understanding who you are, appreciating who you are. And loving every fiber of the being that you are. I think that it is not possible to love somebody else if you don't first fully 100% love yourself. Mm-hmm. So I'll often um, ask people how much they love themselves or what they think about themselves and how much they appreciate themselves. And quite frequently, people aren't fully in love with themselves. They'll be 50% in love mm-hmm. or 60% in love. And they're all of these things that they see as hangups that they think are problems with themselves and reasons to justify them not fully loving themselves. If you don't fully love yourself, how are you going to expect somebody else to come along and love what you don't love yourself? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. And so I start with loving self first. And appreciating that even as we strive for perfection, we are already perfect. Mm -hmm. 
right? There's a paradox in that, right? We are perfect even as we strive for perfection. There are no mistakes in, in what spirit manifests, right? And what the creator has brought forth. And so me right now today, I'm perfect. I'm good. I'm working on being even more perfect, even better. But right now today, I'm good and everything that has manifested in my life is purposeful, has served and continues to serve a purpose and it will moving forward. And so if, if we can get to spaces where everybody is 100% into themselves and loves themselves, not in an arrogant way, because there's balance in everything. Like we don't want you to go overboard <laughs> like I'm the bomb and, you know, whew, nobody can touch me. That's the other end of the spectrum. But finding that balance space of I love me, I'm good with me, and now I'm ready to share love with somebody else. And also, I think in thinking about loving yourself and, you know, believing that you're perfect even in your mistakes is sort of the same exercise that you have to do in being able to love someone else. Because um, I think that that whole understanding of having compassion for your mistakes and allowing yourself, you know, the space to grow um, and um, and not judging yourself so harshly or um, criticizing yourself or feeling like you're not complete. Um, I think that you that once you have been able to um, encompass that within yourself, then when you're loving your partner, you would have the same compassion for them as well. And that would uh, make for a healthy connection. I feel like it's also important when we speak of loving ourselves um, that we are working to be the best version of ourselves. So even in us, we are perfect. We still have work to do. We're striving yes. for perfection. And the so yeah. we, it's, it's a challenge. I was talking about it today. Is that you have a person, an individual who is working. We are, we need to work to be the best version of ourselves, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. There are areas in which we need to work on our own self. And then you have another person who's doing that. And then when the, if that is what's happening, there's, you know, there's always work to do, but you put those two together and you still will create something different. You know, like you have as energy, we, who you are and what you are, what you're doing outside of relationship may be very different. Once you are in relationship, there are some changes that happen from combining those two energies. Mm -hmm. It creates something different. It's a third relationship. It is. And so that takes work. Or rather a third mm -hmm. entity, as you say. Right. Yeah. It's because it's not what the, you were as an individual or what I am as an individual. It's something that we've created by the two combining. Right. Mm -hmm. And knowing that we're energy. And then I was describing it today as I was thinking out loud. It's kind of like um, we have H2O. So we'll have hydrogen and oxygen and we make water. But those are two separate things, but to combine, they make something different. Right. Or blue and yellow. 
rep. It to, to combine made Makes green. green. Right. right. Oh, I remember uh, they came me I explained it one time where he was saying that we think it's two people in a relationship, but it's really three entities. And mm-hmm. it's like the one person, the other person, and then the spirit of love. And the spirit of love moves in and out, around and around, up and down, you know, intertwines and it can disappear even and then come back. Yeah. And I, I thought that was such an interesting thing that he said um, because it often feels that way. And when you talk about it being like another entity or like a third mm-hmm. um, creation, that it makes me think of that again, like of it of it being like, a, again, like you gave birth, you know, a relationship. Yes. When, you, when, you, when you committed to a relationship, you gave birth to another element. You did. And so for some of us who may believe that we... Let's add someone else to that. So now we're going to have me, you, and someone else. Then we need to also think about what energy are they bringing. Right. People are, are talking they, about are they Are they someone <laughs> that is striving to be the best version of their self? Because at the base of all of this, each individual has to be working toward being the best version of who they are. Mm-hmm. So... Which is tough enough for, for us as an individual, and then you get the two people, and they're working on that. Should they decide there's someone else you add to that? Because I know there are people who aren't interested in monogamy. Right. Well, then that's something you contemplate, because that person would also need to be working toward being the best version of who they are, just at the base before it can be added to something and be successful. Mm-hmm. And to, so I think that we also have to like I think we sometimes don't think as deep as we should when it comes to relationship, romantic relationship and building. We think about it in a physical like, ooh, they sexy, they look good, he hot. I'm gonna hit that. <laughs> but it's deeper than that. Um and so it, it it's it's not just what we see on the outside. Wait, women say they're gonna hit it. Whatever we say. <laughs> oh. I mean, I'm not just speaking for women. I'm hoping we're we have women oh. listening too. Oh, I'm just yeah. you know. Okay, I was just wondering. Yeah. Are <laughs> right, we gonna let him hit it? Oh, okay. Are we say he can get it? Oh, okay. <laughs> At least that's what me and my friends say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's it's really very interesting. I do feel that we have these ideas like you were saying Anthony from childhood of what relationship should be um and I said that I thought about today when I was talking about it that I would admit that I had agreed to a a polygamous relationship at one point in my life Mm. um because I wonder could I do that would I be able to do that Mm. it was really interesting um not a three-way because I've never been with a woman Mm. but a polygamous relationship mm-hmm. which was it was challenging for me hmm. yeah. I have done a lot of open relationships in questioning monogamy and um feeling like um you know sort of a free love type of vibe you know lack of ownership lack of possessiveness um you know that just no 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 control no um you know no micromanagement or um oppression uh within the relationship and um and that's also very interesting and i think a lot of people do that quite often 
um, also to eliminate lies and deceit and deception. Um, but it can also uh, oftentimes lead to heartache um, as one person may eventually evolve into a space where they want, you know, commitment and to have sort of ownership or uh, rights to, you know, the, the rules of relationship. Um, and so, yeah, I think people are really searching sort of for... So can we have commitment? Commitment can be in monogamy or polygamy. I don't necessarily feel that commitment means it's only two people. Commitment, for me, I'm just trying to think through this, is, I don't know the definition, but it's some form of an agreement that you have either made with yourself or someone else or both, that there is something that you will do and you'll follow through on. Like you're committed to that. And you can be committed to more than one person. Mm -hmm. I think where some of the problem I have seen is, like you're saying, Zawadi, the lies or the deceit. Like I, I feel that it has to be entered into relationship period with a level of honesty. Whether it's two people or more, you have to really be honest, first of all, with yourself about who you are right. and what it is that you want. Right. And then honest with the people that you choose to be in relationship and with. And it takes so much strength to practice honesty within a relationship. Ooh, that does. is so interesting to me. I have seen people where, you know, the woman and the man decided, okay, we're not going to be monogamous, but we are each other's life partner. And, you know, we're going to share finances and we're going to, you know, build this family together. But we have other partners. And one of the partners was still sneaking and hiding and, you know, trying to see other people without the other one knowing. And it was like so interesting to me that even sometimes when given the communication and the go ahead, like, no, you know, we can practice free love. We can, you know, experience other people that you can still feel the shame, you know, to tell the truth. You can still feel mm -hmm. like you're you're still held to this social standard mm -hmm. that you can't, mm -hmm. you know, freely even speak about your lovers because, you know, there's something wrong. And I think. It's amazing how sometimes being honest can be so difficult. Why do you think difficult. that is the case? Why do you think that occurs, that, that people have difficulty with that? Um, I think it's because of Christianity. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> At least in the case that I'm mentioning, um, I, I think that um, it is... So we don't often consider the culture of the person that we're with, right? Because there are so many different subcultures in America and also across the world. And we now, we're, you know, dating with international people and people from all different religions and uh, races and ethnicities. And so um, when, when we consider the culture that we grew up with, you know, where it's a sin, you know, like you have your wife and your husband and you are, you know, the wife is the helpmate to the husband and um, they are both to serve God and they are not to sleep with anyone else ever and ever again. Amen. <laughs> and then the wife and the husband discuss with each other. Well, you know, we don't think that's right. You know, now we think that it's okay, you know, to sleep with other people. And we think that love is free and we should all experience it together, but still, you know, have 
a family unit or still have, you know, an, an agreement with each other so that we're supporting each other in this path of life that we're exploring, that little, you know, uh, um, uh, rule that was taught to you that came from the Bible um, is still haunting you in the back of your head. <laughs> it's, still, it's still coming to visit in your thoughts. It's still, you know, uh, sort of resurfacing even as you try to navigate a new path. And I think that those teachings uh, from Christianity and I don't know, maybe from Islam as well. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's Abrahamic religions who teach monogamy. I'm not sure. No, I guess Islam, they have polygamy. Um, they have both. Yeah. I think in all religions, they right, have Right, because then they have the Mormons who mm -hmm. also practice polygamy with Christianity. But I think it's an American thing, you know. And, and again, it goes back to the media. It goes back to... Um, you know, all of the books we read and the, and, and, and the culture that's taught to us where in your mind there is the right way, which is the man and the woman, and then, you know, both of them serving God. Well, I mean, if we look at the Bible, there's plenty of polygamy in the Bible. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like in Christianity, <laughs> there weren't multiple wives and some concubines. Mm -hmm. I mean, so we know right. that it was there, but we also know that that's patriarchal. We know that it's really... We have to also consider that because we don't see multiple husbands and when you in read the Bible about that, as a good though, thing. You, when you read about that, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that was something crazy that they were doing back then. Yeah, I you never know, felt no that way about ever... it. It just confused me. To me, how people pick and choose, that part is crazy. But this other part is all good. It's like either it's all good or either, you know, we can pick and choose because who determines what you're going to pick and choose out? Uh -huh. I can go and pick and choose something and say, oh, I want to buy it. Right. So that really, that's one of those critical thinking questions that I think people don't really consider, um, consider enough, even like with politics, right? The constitution, people don't, they want to pick and choose this sacred constitution. And it is, the, it is the basis of our country, but, oh, we're going to forget about that. They didn't really, have all of these clauses for women and we're going to, oh, they didn't allow um, people of African descent to um, to be treated as a whole person. Oh, we'll just, those were little exceptions. We won't really think, like, how do people not look at the thing as a whole and call it what it is? Either you look at it as a whole or you, we can all then pick out the parts that we want, right? Mm -hmm. I want to comment um, on, though, how why it's difficult to tell the truth because that was a question that you asked and I was trying to right. get to that. Right. Mm -hmm. So because I'm being real honest tonight and talking about <laughs> uh -oh. my own shit. Uh -oh. <laughs> so I've been uh -oh. in relationship uh -oh. Uh -oh. where I've cheated. I've been a single where I've seen multiple people and didn't lie. And I can tell you one of the reasons that some people don't tell the truth is because there is this level of intensity when you're sneaking. Yes. It, the, the sneaking adds something that when you are being honest and open, it's not there the right. same way. Oh, that's and so I'm just saying that's one of the things I've realized <laughs> that happens. Yeah. Right, the thrill of the secret. Right, right? The, the secret, the lying, the cheating, the the the... the and it starts really young. Like, <laughs> my sneaking out of the house when I was younger that I did. Yeah, I think it's also that people don't want to um, give up what they have. Like, they, they want something else as well. So, 
um, I know in situations for me, it's like, oh, we'll be honest. But if I'm honest, then you're not going to want to be with me anymore. And I don't want to not have you be with me anymore. But I also want to do this. So I'm not going to really say what it is. And so that's another thing that that stops people from being fully honest. Mm-hmm. But sometimes so we have to be honest from the beginning. So have we if we go into the relationship, that whole thing with we love ourselves and we're working mm-hmm. on being our best version of who we are and we are living in our truth, then we go into the relationship saying, I want to be in relationship with you, but I also want to be free to explore other like you have to be honest from the beginning it's a it's challenging to go into something one way and then change it to something else right. i'm not saying it can't be done i'm saying the word is challenging mm-hmm. right. but if we go into it from the beginning being honest then the person that we attract who is interested in being with us will be someone who that's what they're willing to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what they want to do. But most people are like, I want to get to know this person. And people are on their best behavior in the beginning. That's the honeymoon period anyway. So they want to get in. And they know that if I say this, it's going to be over. So let me get in first. And then maybe once we're in, then I can say it. And then maybe and that's like, manipulation. Maybe. That's what you it hate is. and I hate it and is. so many it other is. people hate mm-hmm. is manipulation. Mm-hmm. And we like we have to learn to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, because it, you end up meeting their representative. You right. do. And then, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 but we, and we're all taught to be representatives in so many areas of life that but the other thing that i find interesting too is that the cycles that people um agree to and play out you know in society that are so common that we see over and over again almost like cookie cutter things you know like just like people engaging in roller coaster relationships where you know they 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 get together and they make it really serious and then they cheat and then they fight and then they make love and then they, you know, make it really serious again. And then they cheat and they fight and they make love. And it's like, you know, you see it over and over again, around and around. And they both really want to do that. And <laughs> and they and they do it with several different partners and several different relationships for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And you watch it, you know, occur over and over again, these, these, these cycles. And then you, you have, you know, other people who I have seen who... Um, they get into really serious relationships and then um, and then it doesn't last long and they break up and then they get into another really serious relationship and they break up and they and it's like, oh, it's a serial monogamy, right. you know. And so, it, I mean, I don't know how many there are, you know, I'm sure you probably mm-hmm. have more knowledge of these cycles than I do. But it, it, just, it just fascinates me when you start to see the patterns and you're like, oh, I know somebody else who does that, too. That mm-hmm. same thing mm-hmm. that you do. Mm-hmm. And then like in analyzing these patterns and seeking for like true relationship and spirit, you know, filled relationship and like a, a real uh, growing and meshing with someone type of experience. It makes it difficult when you start to see the patterns emerging over and over again and wondering like, how do people evolve to that level where they then uh, begin to have more genuine uh, love experiences in their life. Well, when my inner hoe was more my outer hoe, 
I learned a lot. <laughs> and I'm just being real. I'm just gonna, like tonight. I'm being real. I learned a lot from that. Um, I I can't condemn other people because <laughs> there's so many different things I've done, and I'm gonna call my own self out. I'm not gonna point the finger at anyone else. But what I have learned is that if I'm honest, I still can get what I want. You'll be surprised Mm -hmm. at how being honest, you can get what you want. Right. Now, you might not be able to get it from everybody, Mm -hmm. but you'll get what you want. Right. Because you're going to draw to you what it is that is going to work in that situation. So I've learned that it's important for me to be really honest like my representative has become more like me than less like me over time and right. I, and it just it, it has evolved it's part of that working mm-hmm. on myself mm-hmm. um and paying attention to relationship and how i feel and you know what is serving me what's getting me to my closer to what it is that I want in my life. So, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think that once we learn to be more authentic and more transparent, it will begin to serve us better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of my uh, favorite books is The Mastery of Love by Don Miguel Ruiz. And uh, I like the way he explains things. He just makes it very simple and he gives you things to think about that challenge these ways that we have learned to think about things. And so even the what I was talking about earlier in terms of how we're um, brainwashed as children, he calls it domestication. Uh, from day one, we're teaching our children, this is right, this is wrong. We are domesticating them. Um, and then we go into relationships with this is the way it needs to happen because that's what's been programmed into our mind. And that doesn't, it, it then doesn't work. And so in his ideal scenario, we are fully able to love ourselves. We can then enter a relationship and we don't need the love of somebody else because we got our own love. It's like he describes it as a store. I got my own kitchen full of stuff and you got your kitchen full of stuff. And then we come together and we want to make a meal together. We can share our stuff and have fun and enjoy each other. And then if we want to do that for a while, we can. And if we decide we don't want to do that anymore, that's okay. Because I still have my kitchen full of stuff and you still have yours. And we both love ourselves and we both can be happy. Mm-hmm. That is the basis of a healthy, harmonious relationship infused with spirit. And so to get to that point, you know, my in my mind, if we could teach our children from a very young age to be in that space instead of the programming that they're currently receiving, what would relationships look like? How would they now then be in an authentic place without the need to be... sexually transmitted diseases would we be spreading? (laughs) No! Because it's free. When you're in my kitchen, I got my kitchen, you got your kitchen. We're going to get together and cook. I'm just joking. I'm seriously joking. So the public service announcement is please use your condoms, wrap it up. Um, keep yourself protected. And most but, people but don't. You've got to think about it. We still need to think about who you're cooking with. But those relations. So the point of, of the mastery of love is not about 
sexual relationships. It's about loving relationships. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a whole, uh, we got to do another podcast on spirituality as it relates to sexuality. sexuality. That's a whole nother mm-hmm. thing. And so we're going to get into that. But, um, you know, focusing on the love piece, I think just having an authentic place where we can be in this space of love um, and sharing that love with somebody without these conditions of control and domination and you have to do it this way. I think that's the thing that gets um, relationships into 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 problems. Into but trouble. at the same time, there is also, I think, a real importance in defining and understanding and creating an agreement between the partners in the relationship, however many there may be mm-hmm. or however few mm-hmm. there may be. Um, because I think that in watching people try not to be monogamous, there are all of these issues of feeling disrespected, feeling unappreciated, not really getting the attention that they need, um, maybe not understanding whether um, the love is genuine or whether the person has has given too much love away to another partner and mm-hmm. they are no longer feeling satisfied or um, sometimes uh, people uh, wondering, you know, whether they are valued, whether they are still important, whether, you know, what their place is. Um, do they still even have a title or, you know, what what is what is the purpose for them in the other person's life? And so it, it can get really messy as well um, when trying to navigate um non-monogamy I'm gonna call it because we have people haven't been doing that that in our you know that we've been watching you know like we haven't been seeing these things but but I noticed that in other cultures it is very common um some of my friends who um have dated people from China and Africa um and even some people in the West Indies um I have heard of uh especially um in in, in Asia um, I heard there was a, a, a belief that no people do not belong to you unless when you're in the house with them. So when you're in the house with your mate, they're yours. And then once they step out the door into their own life, they no longer belong to you and you no longer have control or expectation over what behaviors um, they, they engage in. Um, and, 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 and that being true for men and women, um, but then there being, of course, that double standard of, you know, having to portray you know, the, 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 the woman's, uh, you know, um, the woman has to behave as if she is monogamous, pretend as if she's not having other lovers, uh, whereas the men doesn't necessarily have mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, you know, it gets very complicated, I think, when we look at culture and society and expectations and agreements and, you know, understanding of, of each other's emotions. And I think that communication is like the key you know, along with honesty because with and, and constant, you know, constant communication, especially when navigating a new model that you, you're not really familiar with. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that with even a monogamous relationship, like we were, we were speaking, you have these two separate people working together to create this third entity. Mm-hmm. And that alone takes work. Mm-hmm. And before you can add something to it, you first have to really work that out. That's where the communication and the honesty and the navigating how to make that work. Mm-hmm. And most of us don't take enough time and put forth enough energy and effort 
so that that is working well mm-hmm. before we want to add something right. else. And so then, oh, <laughs> and then for me, especially for me and for all of the people who I connect with, because most of us who are connected are dealing on some level with spirit. Um, there is the question of the relationship also uh, involving Egun, you know, <laughs> ancestral spirits. Um, I, I, I had a reading recently where the Babalao said, um, your Egun said, did you really think they were going to let you have that relationship with that man? And I was like, wow, because I, I really had forgotten that, you know, in, in our belief system that Egun, you know, our ancestors, those who have passed away, must agree <laughs> in order for a relationship to be successful. And then also understanding that not only does there have to be agreement between Egun for things to be harmonious, but that the two people's spirits um, need, need to uh, meet on a certain level and, and enhance each other, you know, on, on, a, on a metaphysical level, yes. you know, that we have to also consider, you know, what's happening um, spiritually uh, between the two entities that are the people um, and, 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 and how is the aura changing? How are they vibrating differently as a result of being together? You know, what uh, spiritual growth is happening, you know, and what... Uh, you know, I, I remember with one, my fir- first husband um, having um, telepathic communication, you know, having gotten so close and so intimately connected that we were able to hear each other's thoughts and know each other's moods and understand each other's emotions without, uh, uh, fi- without uh, verbal communication. And so considering all those different levels of connection that are possible, um, I think that relationships are so, so, so much more complicated. Yes, they are. Than we can sometimes even fathom. Yeah, and I think it's important to, you know, at its core, I, I'm always asking these questions that center around why do we do it this way? You know, who made the rules that this is how it should be? And where did this come from? Like going back as far as we, why do we do it this way? Like, mm-hmm. are we doing what spirit is leading us to do or are we doing what we want to do? Our, our flesh, our ego, right? And being able to distinguish between the two. That's a very deep question when you think about it. Um, when I, so I've been thinking about this, these concepts for a long, long time. And uh, I know that our our ancestors would study the universe, the stars, the animals, the the weather patterns. They studied the world to try to make sense of why we do what we do and how it happens. And there, in all traditions, there are different parables, stories that teach about how we maybe ought to be in relation to ourselves and in relation to spirit. And so I just think about Think about that and just ask myself questions of what does that mean in terms of the choices that I make, why I do what I do, and how I allow myself to be and not feel convicted about doing something in a certain way because it's not popular, because it's not what has been taught and what other people might see as improper or crazy even. Um, those are those are things that I, that I think about and consider. Mm. And I'm with you on that. I'm... Mm. 
I, I probably am one of the people <laughs> that um, I will say what's not popular. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's okay. I probably care a little less about what people think of me mm-hmm. um, than what other people do on a surface level. Mm-hmm. Because when I am speaking my truth, I realize that there are a lot of people who did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not the only one that has an inner hole that used to be my outer hole. Right. You're I'm just, not. You're just willing to be I'm honest willing to and admit talk about it. it and right. be transparent and right. say, yeah, I did that. Right. I'm not the only one who agreed to a polygamous situation. Right. I, I'm willing to admit that I did it. And a lot of people are agreeing to it by default. Right. right. My yes. mother did. And, you know, I mean, so many people did. And, very, and very that to me becomes very problematic. I had to. Even me, even in some of the most holiest places, yes. people are agreeing to it by default. Because I think that be, polygamy is probably more common than monogamy is. I, and I don't even think it's polygamy because I think polygamy would be not by default. Right. It, it would be, it, be an agreement. It would be an agreement. Yeah. But what I'm but saying, the, act, the behavior. Right. right. That's, that's what I'm right. saying. That's right. How many times have Multiple we heard mates. the pastor, the the priest, the this, the that, having, I mean, it's replete with And we episodes. know, and we, everyone knows. And so it's something about this, like, false facade that needs to be kept up that makes people's ego feel great in order, you know, it's like you have people who they're, you know, they're so, you know, monogamous and they don't agree with anything else, but they are aware that their mate has a secret lover. Right. But as long as the lover remains secret, then they will remain in the relationship as long as the facade is kept up. It's very bizarre to me. Like this pastor that was railing against homosexuality, but then he's got all of these young boys that he was interacting with. Like, and then people supported that. It's like, how do you, how do you, I think our society, yes, yes, they still were, oh, everybody, then the excuse became, well, he's a man, he's fallible, and this and that, like, they came, people come up with ways to justify, yeah, people come up with ways to justify what they want to justify, but they, we're in a society now where people can just tell a blatant lie in your face, and it's what? Whatever. That's what our society is, right? This is so bizarre to me. Like to watch these people, they know that they're lying. We got this whole uh, impeachment thing, and all of these senators. I they know that this guy to lie, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, nope, nope. We still gonna like. Yeah. This is bizarre behavior. Yeah. And it's, it, the truth. it's gonna. It's gonna. <laughs> it's it's bizarre. gonna. <laughs> Like, yeah. how do you make sense of that? People right. are really just, oh, no, we, we don't see nothing. But that's what we do in our relationships <laughs> as well. This is my point. This is my point. And so sometimes I really, you know, I, I remember my mother used to always say, it's not um, so much what was done. It's the intention of it. What's at the heart of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, I wonder also about what Adekemi, the spirit Adekemi was saying one time about not betraying love, you know, of, of having a high intention for the love that you have received and not betraying the agreement and being able to, you know, be honorable, you know, in the face of love, you know, in the face of Ochun, you know, in the face of you know, uh, the energetic force that has um, made an agreement with you and has, has blessed your life. And I think that oftentimes we don't, we, we might forget to 
to honor that metaphysical aspect of of relationship and uh, and and um, connection in in this society. Tapping into the spirit of love, mm-hmm. right, um, and doing that in a way that is uh, consistent. You know, that can be uh, challenging. The consistency mm-hmm. can be. Mm-hmm. It takes work. It takes a lot of. It takes. A, you have to focus on it because. You know, we we are conditioned. We how short is our attention span? Mm-hmm. It's very short. Yes, especially as nowadays. It's right. So we, we you really it has to be deliberate. Um, you know, if something will happen, a tragedy like that has happened of late, and we become so focused, we're calling our children, saying we love them, and we are letting our mate know. And then as it cools down, then we go back to our bullshit. <laughs> but you know we really should figure out a way to stay more consistent and so love so we we never really defined it love right um, but are we talking about love in a de- demonstrable way in a in a way that is romantic in a way that is supportive like what is love when you think about a relationship because there are some people who they are providers, they are um, making sure things work right. They may not say, I love you, but their love is demonstrated in their actions. Hmm. When you say in their actions, so. So my grandfather never said, I loved you to any of his children until he was almost dying. But he provided for them. And it was like, you should know I love you because I'm working. I'm out here working hard to make sure you're taken care of. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Which could be obligation. Doesn't necessarily. I'm not saying your grandfather didn't love his children. But I don't know that providing means that you love. But I'm you saying, it, saying it, I love you. And it does mean not either. Right. right. <laughs> so I don't know. Right. That's an interesting concept. Like what? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And I think that there's not one way that it looks. I believe that there are multiple ways. And that each of us have our own love language. Uh And that we have to understand what creates that for us. Mm -hmm. And if we are in relationship with someone else, we have to understand what creates that for them. And we have to speak their language to them. Right. So if... Let's say I know that my love language, the first one is uh, words of affirmation. And so you could probably buy me a lot of stuff that won't make me feel as loved as saying to me, I appreciate you. I value you. You're important to me. Mm -hmm. That would probably make me feel more loved than buying me something. Right. But that's me. Right. It's not about a right or a wrong. It's just my love language. Right. And I think it's important for people to be aware of those things so that they can speak the appropriate language for the appropriate person. Um, but that's part of that dance of spirit, right. of tapping into the spirit of love um, to then make that relationship work. Yep. I think it's interesting, too, how... When you're in relationship with someone, how you can begin to absorb some of their spirit or energy. Um, Like, there are times 
in relationship, um, especially when you said we this has nothing to do with sex, but it's very hard to talk about a romantic relationship and not talk about sex. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, when you are talking about that act and integration, even if it's just casual sex, you still are absorbing that person's energy. Mm-hmm. And in a romantic way, you're absorbing. So sometimes I, I can remember me, I had more energy than I needed. Like I, I wasn't acting who, like who I was created to be because I wasn't operating in a way that I was created to be. So it's real interesting to me how relationship are either just sex and that energy that's that you can absorb with those, with that particular connection. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was thinking about how when when I'm in relationship and I'll I'll do a checkpoint with myself to sort of see like okay, how is my spirit being affected? Like what what am I morphing into because inevitably you do morph into something better or something worse mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I have had experiences where my whole accent has changed and I've started speaking another language <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like you can really have different um, levels uh, depending on how strong the other person's spirit is of absorbing you know there's a different I think different um, percentages of give and take you know mm-hmm. depending on who the two people are and who's really omitting a really strong light and who might be absorbing more you know mm-hmm. and then uh, watching the people change and morph is, is fascinating it actually. is it is very fascinating but that's something that I've, I'm working on when it comes to a relationship I haven't perfected it mm-hmm. I know I'm supposed to be perfect but and I'm then you know maybe it. and that is I think that is part of the purpose right for for, for for bonding with someone yeah. is to to morph is to become you know uh, well you know in some cases one because there are people who you see them and they are one like they look alike <laughs> they have grown so close to each other that they you know they think alike they look alike they sound you know it's 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 really almost eerie in some cases and then um, you know you see other people who. You know, maybe they, they just take certain things, you know, or they, you know, it may be on a, on a different level that they're sharing energy and, and exchanging. I had to be really careful um, at the time in my life where I operated differently. I didn't recognize that I was an empath mm-hmm. and someone who absorbed the energy that I absorbed. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I have to be very discerning. Mm-hmm. about who I choose to engage with and who they choose to engage with because I will carry this energy that doesn't belong to me mm-hmm. that causes me to I guess it's really an uncomfortable feeling uh-huh. um, and it's very problematic yeah I've, I've had to do ritual to clean someone off of me mm-hmm. um, to break a spiritual bond that was created with sexual ritual um, to, um, you know, sort of send their, their ancestors away because there have been relationships where someone's ancestors continue to stay around me and, and con- insist that, you know, I take the person back. Um, so I think that the whole meshing of spirit thing, it, it gets really intricate as well. It and depending upon who you're dealing with, 
and uh, what they're walking with, you know, then you're you're, you're definitely affected. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. Well, we have a part two on this. We have to go more deep deeper into the um, sexuality piece that we're touching on. So we're going to have a whole podcast on that coming up. We have a couple more interviews in the next couple of weeks, but certainly we will be getting back to this topic. And I know folks will have comments and questions that they'll want to infuse into the conversation. So we'll take that and put it in and continue to have this dialogue. So thank Yay. Yeah. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> and love yourself and love everyone around you as well, as long as they deserve it. Yes. Yeah. Be yeah. true to yourself. Um, be do the work that you need to do to be the best version of you of who you are and who you were created to be. And work on the 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 piece of, of that being honest. Because that that's some work. Mm-hmm. That's some work. Just work on that. Work. Yeah. yeah. Tapping into the spirit of love. You know, loving self first, one hundred percent. You are absolutely perfect. Right now, today, look in the mirror and tell yourself that um, even as you are working to be better in some areas, you are perfect right now, today. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Embrace yourself fully. Give yourself a hug every single day. Know that you are wonderful. You are perfect. You are whole. And continue to do that so that you can enhance the relationships that you do have and that you do um, see manifest in your life. So, we're so happy to have had this dialogue, um, and thank you for joining us and listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Tapping Spirit, and uh, give us your feedback about things. Yeah, talking about spirit. So in closing, we like to encourage you to embrace the concept of change and learning something new. Continue to evolve, continue to transform, continue to thrive and find your own personal path to tapping into spirit. I was obviously too blind and probably too weak to see who was responsible for my losing streak.